chapter 8. Luke 8, we're going to look tonight um, at verses 4 through 15, and we're mostly going to be right here, so we won't be jumping around too much. But this should be a familiar story, familiar passage. Um, tonight we're going to be looking at the story, um, or the parable really, of the sower, and I thought it might be slightly timely with everything going on. Um, those of you that are planting gardens, um, with people that are in the, the fields, also planting there, that this might be something that's applicable. And then also us just having our um, evangelistic meetings uh, and the amount of uh, messages that we've been able to sit under with that might also be timely. Yes, sir? Rappel. Rappel, he says. <laughs> All right, so looking at Luke, Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 4 through 15. You follow along, and we'll start there in verse 4. It says, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should be believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And they that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. And that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring, fruit, bring forth fruit with patience. Let's pray tonight, and we'll get into tonight's message. Dear Father God, we thank you for um, your word. We thank you for what you've done today already through this morning service. We thank you for each person able to gather tonight um, to fellowship and worship you. We pray that you'd be glorified, Lord, and we praise you in your name. Amen. All right, so we're going to work basically just verse by verse through this um, and just talk a little bit about it. There's a couple key um, thoughts that I have from it. Um, anytime you hear someone preach on this particular passage, there's always a couple different takes on things, and I think God has a lot 
for us in this passage. Um, but tonight we're just going to look at a couple things from it. So um, let's get a couple things out of the way. So when the Lord is using this parable, we've heard the definition of a parable, um, a heavily story with an earthly meaning. Um, but when we think about who the sower is, in this case, we're thinking that is Jesus. Um, today, you know, if we put this applicable to us, it would be us. And then looking at verse 11, we know that the seed um, is the word of God. The gospel, you know, whatever God has for us, whatever's teaching, whatever you're reading, listening to, if God has something for you, that could be considered the seed. And then looking there at verse 5, it says, A sower went out to sow his feet. So, key word there is out. So, whether you're going to your field or wherever um, God has you sowing seed, it's obviously not typically in here. You know, it's out. I mean, it could be in here, but I think the key word is that we're going somewhere where the people are. We're going to where the field is. Um, the other thing to note is that the sowing of the seed, as we think back on Jesus, that was his business. And just as maybe your garden um, you're trying to get produce from it. That is your business. You're farming. That is your business. Um, are we making sowing of the seed our business? And here is the first kind of key thought that I hope you can take away from tonight is how the sower was sowing. Um, we're going to look here at verses 5 through 8 a little bit all together here. And so as the sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls there devoured it. And verse 6, and some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and a thorn sprang up and, ch and choked it. And the other fell on the good ground, and it sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. So, as we've heard before in the... And this time when they used to sow fields, you know, they weren't using a piece of equipment. Um, they were just scattering that seed, much like if you've seen the uh, sower on Nebraska State Capitol, much in that fashion, or if you're spreading grass seed in your lawn, a lot like that. And so the, the sower is very indiscriminately sowing that seed. One of the cool thoughts, I guess, that um, when I was studying this, that someone else brought up, this is not my own thought. Um, so we, if we think about the sower itself, a lot of times the, the soils are what we're going to talk about tonight, but that's usually what people key in on a little bit. But thinking about the sower and how he sowed, just like you know your field, you know your garden, you know the areas of it, um, this sower would have known that there was a path over here, the, the area that was trodden down the wayside. He would have known that there's probably thorns over here. He would have known that maybe this soil over here is not the greatest. There's a hard surface underneath that soil. And he probably knew where the good locations were. But he indiscriminately sowed that seed knowing that the potential is higher in these other areas. But I am having faith that, you know, with great conditions that these other spots could still produce fruit. And um, he saw the potential, knowing that some of those areas probably didn't have a great chance, but there was still potential there. 
And so when they bring that back to us and how um, we can look at that sowing the seed and how we should, you know, in our fields or in your garden, sometimes we, uh, we prep it perfectly. Right? Maybe you till your garden up, make sure there's not a weed there. You have it just pristine conditions to plant your seed in. Or in your, your fields, um, you've got them ready to go. You're waiting for the perfect temperature, just the right time of year. You're going to get that seed at just the right depth. Then you're going to water it. And sometimes in, in life, I find myself doing that just with the people I know from a spiritual side need to hear the gospel. You know, we feel like I have to slowly give hints of witnessing to them before I give them the gospel, the, the meat of it, the actual seed. And it has to be this perfect condition that we're waiting for. When in fact, sometimes I think God just wants us to put that seed there and have faith that he is going to help that seed along and see the potential in that, that person. Or we look and we're like, oh, this person's heart is hard. It's like that hard spot, that trodden area. And we're just assuming, oh, it's not even worth putting that seed over there. Um, there's no potential. But the sower um, indiscriminately cast that seed. And so I think that's a cool thought for us. And that's the first thought that I would leave you with. That ultimately it's up to the Holy Spirit to let um, that seed do its work. Moving on here, we're going to look at those four types of um, responses, those four hearts um, that God talks about. Looking at verse 8, and we're going to read down through Verse 10, we're going to kind of look at that together. It says, And other fell on the good ground and sprang up and, bro- and sprang up and bare fruit and a hundredfold. And when he had these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So basically he's saying those that are um, spiritually sensitive, those are the ones that are going to respond to this. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? Which I thought was a little bit interesting that you know, even the disciples are trying to figure out what this parable was. So when Jesus used a parable, sometimes it wasn't just for a simple thought. You know, there was multiple thoughts. There may be a little bit of mystery that I think he was allowing um, those that were ready to understand to understand. And in verse 10, he says, And he said unto you, speaking to the disciples, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Meaning that they had been selected and they'd been given, you know, the ability to understand things. Um, or more or less, he's saying, I could tell you this in plain terms, I can use plain terms with you. With other people that don't understand, um, he says, but to others in parables. So parables was going to be the most effective way for others to understand. That seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. And now we're going to look at those four different types of responses, those four different types of hearts. Um, and the first one that we're going to look at is that wayside. And again, that wayside just meaning the path that was trodden down, a road, something that you know is just not going to produce any kind of uh, fruit production. Nothing's going to germinate there. Okay? And those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word 
out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So of the four responses that we're going to see, this is the only one that really comes out and says, yeah, this person's not saved. They heard and they didn't get saved. Um, and what would keep someone from that? Maybe they do have a hard heart. Uh, maybe they heard, but they didn't understand. But it does talk about how the devil has a part in this confusion, um, you know, keeping them from truly understanding. And if you think about how important the Holy Spirit is in this process, okay? Um, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit and it was just the devil warring there and confusing people, it'd be, you know, how many of those battles would be won, you know, without the Holy Spirit there? Um, all right, and then verse number 13, turning there, it says, They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. So again, we don't know whether this person got saved or not, it doesn't really say, but I don't think that's really the point. The point is that for a while, they were growing really fast. All right, we think about a shallow area, you know, some really good soil on top of um, a hard surface. You've all probably have seen something growing on a rock or out of a rock with just a little bit of soil. So it can grow there, but unless um, there's moisture, a consistent moisture, um, it's going to probably die at some point. It's going to have a really short life. So we've probably, maybe you've even seen that in your own life, where someone's maybe gotten saved or someone at a time has gotten on fire for the Lord and then uh, has withered when something's come up. Maybe it's a trial, maybe something happened, and it just easily kind of moved them away from where they could be used by God or where they could be fruitful. So there's another example of, of uh, that soil type after they've heard something. Um, one of the issues here is that the, the seed was not grounded, okay? It wasn't able to get its roots down. So if we think about being grounded in the word um, and what that takes, I mean, we've, we've, in Psalms it talks about meditating on the word of the Lord and how that grounds us. So if we don't have that grounding, um, when those trials come, you know, it's going to be hard for anyone to sustain or just produce that fruit. All right, then moving to verse 14. It says, And they that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they had heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. So I think the easiest way to look at this one is looking at the church in America today, I think a lot resembles this in a lot of ways because we do have so many distractions. And that's really what it's getting at here is that crowded area, the weeds, um, really is the world and the competition that we experience from unspiritual type things. And those things are uh, really can what draw us away, can muddy up life, can... Um, take away that needed moisture in our life to help us grow. Um, it's also an area where it can keep us from prioritizing the things in the correct order. So whether it's worries, um, 
things, concerns, pleasures of the world, hobbies, um, all those things are something that can draw us away from uh, the Lord and what he has for us. The other thing that's interesting that I have noted here about the weeds, um, as Christians, you know, at different times, sometimes we have times where we're growing well, we've maybe have pushed weeds out of our life, we've gotten them pulled up, we've allowed God to work and take those weeds out. But with weeds, you know, because we've been cursed with them, those seeds are amazing. They can last in the soil for some over a hundred years. There's, they can produce massive amounts of seed that spreads like crazy. And so even though we, for a while, may conquer some of those areas and we get things organized the way that God would like them, we get victory over a situation, those weeds are still able to come back. And sometimes it's not the first round that gets us, it's when those weeds come back the second time. So um, I think the parallel there to keeping our priorities correct as Christians, or even for young Christians, keeping um, priorities right with all the changes that are occurring in their life, and as, as they allow God to mold them, is important for them to be fruitful at some point. And then looking at that last soil, this is the responsive area. It says, but that on that good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring um, forth fruit with patience. And we're going to key in on that honest and good heart. So when we look at that good soil, one of the reasons it's good, you know, let's, let's assume that this person is someone that received the word and got saved, or this person is a Christian that has this area of their life that is super fruitful. One of the ways that it's that way is because at some point they were open and honest with themselves about the state of their soil, um, what it needed to have happen in order to be that way. And when someone gets saved, they have to be open and honest with their current condition. And if we want God to change us and work through us, we're going to have to be open and honest with how we currently are. Um, you know, at my job, I, sometimes I work with soil and producers, and when someone wants help, they first have to admit that they need help with their field or whatever condition they have going on. And uh, it's the same, you know, with us. Sometimes we have to admit to God that we need help in an area, or we have to see our need. So those are the four responses of our the hearts and the conditions of them. Again. When you study through this, there's a lot of different interpretations about what all those mean, but I, I think you can get caught in the weeds there a little bit, no pun intended. But looking at a macro perspective, which I think is what we just did, the field is like the world, okay? Each person is a different soil type. Each person is a different, one of those different four soil types we talked about. <clears throat> but looking more at like a micro perspective, let's imagine that we all have a garden, and that garden is us, if you can imagine that with, with me. And there's different areas of your garden, of you, that is productive. There's different areas of your life where you know I have these weeds over here. 
that I'm, I've just let go. There's this other area that you know, no matter how many messages you've heard on that area, no how many times you've felt God leading and tugging, that you're just like, I'm not letting go of that, or I'm not going to do this. Well, that's that hard area of your life. And maybe there's that other area where you, underneath the surface, have something that you know is keeping you from really being able to grow and be used. Um, you know, that hard area, if you'll turn to 313, uh, Hebrews 3.13, sorry. We're going to look a little bit about what causes some of these different um, issues in your spiritual life, in your field. Hebrews 3.13, and it says, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So when we have that hard area that we're just not willing to let go of, usually it's because it's tied to some type of sin. Um, Whether it's pride, not wanting to admit that we're wrong. Um, Whether it's past experiences, anger, resentment that we're holding on to in that area, and it's just making it so hard over there that we're not allowing God to break that up. That's really what we need to have happen is allow God to get in there and break up that hard soil so that something can grow there, something can be productive. And that's just that one area of your life. Remember, there's still these other areas that are still producing something, but we could be producing something over here for the Lord too. And then when we look at that shallow area, you know, sometimes deep down we might have bitterness that's underneath the surface. Underneath the surface, we come to church, we, we go to work, we do all these things, and people might not ever even know that underneath there's something going on that's, you know, we're holding on to. But there again, we can only be so fruitful or productive for the Lord. We can only be used so much when there's something underneath that is uh, not allowing the seeds that, you know, we've heard and from the pulpit, we've heard um, from our daily reading uh, with the Lord, we've heard just and God talking to us and allow those seeds to grow. And then we think about those crowded areas, um, the weeds that maybe we have in our little field um, of our life. Um, And again, I think this goes back to just our priority system. We know we have this that we've kind of allowed to get above where God would want us to have it or just out of whack a little bit. And it's holding us back. And yet it's super hard to just get those weeds pulled out and keep them out. They just keep coming back and it's a constant struggle. And we may never get over that, but if we allow those weeds to really take root, um, you know, then we're going to continue to not be able to be used maybe to the full potential that God would have us be in that area. And then that responsive area. You know, we all have different talents. We all are maybe skilled in different areas. We have strengths. We have things that we're passionate about. And maybe this is that area that God has gifted you and it just comes super easy for you. And you haven't had to maybe work at it as hard. Maybe it's an area you've allowed God to um, dig up the, the barrier that you've had there before, get rid of that hard surface or pull those weeds. But 
Um, it's an area that God uses you in, and that's awesome. And, but it's still an area that we have to maintain and make sure that it's being taken care of. So the last thought here is that every soil, every person, or every part of your life or where you serve or what you do for God maybe isn't as productive. But God, in this parable, he never gives us, this is how productive you need to be. Or this soil type is bad. Remember, he scattered that seed on every soil type. So he knows we're not perfect. He didn't scatter it all on one perfect soil. And um, I think that that is interesting that he did that one. But that secondly, we have the opportunity um, with God to allow him to garden in our life and um, allow things to grow and to be used and to bear fruit. The last thought as we close here um, is that he cast the same seed. Um, everyone gets that same seed. And it's the question that we'll, I'll leave you with is, how can we or are you preparing your heart or your soil um, for it to be fruitful? So as you think about you know, what you've had a chance to hear the last week or the things that you're going to hear this week, you think about how it applies to different areas of your life and you've examined that and you, and you know which areas of your life the Lord wants to do some things in. Um, you know, work with him, talk with him to see if there's areas that he needs to um, do some further work in. And with that, we're going to pray tonight because that's all I have. And then Dad said he has 20 minutes of announcements. So... Let's pray tonight.